Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. This month has been all about women in music. So this week, I thought I'd share cuts from five different interviews, reintroducing you to these women that span continents, generations, and musical genres. We talk with Vanessa Collier, a blues, funk, and soul saxophonist, singer, and songwriter who's touring the world and teaching. Tina Terry, a booking agency owner for blues musicians who aligned her life purpose with passion for music and found something she's loved doing for more than a quarter of a century. Madeline Victoria, who started singing in front of audiences at five, started writing music at 13 and already has a number one hit on the AMFM music boards. Mella Barnes, a singer, songwriter, and voiceover actor living in Nashville. And we wrap this week with Jackie August and her partner Andy. Jackie is a classically trained musician who plays woodwinds, percussions, all kinds of strings for her band across the board. Each guest shares their unique perspectives on the music industry, their journey so far, and what they turn to for inspiration when the going gets tough. Listen in. We hope you enjoy. Hey, podcast listeners. I am really excited to introduce to you our guest today, Vanessa Collier. Vanessa, um, I'm going to have you introduce yourself in a minute, but I will tell you that just reading about you, and then I spent some time listening to your music, and I'm a little bit on the starstruck side, and (laughs) I hate to admit it, but it's true, because not only are you talented, but I love the type of music um, that you play. So it's like one of my favorite blends and your variety, I guess. So, um, Oh, beautiful. It is. Thank you. <laughs> so could you just introduce yourselves a little bit to our podcast listeners? Sure. Yeah. I'm um, mainly a blues, funk and soul saxophonist singer and, and songwriter. Um, and uh, I basically tour all around the world, and um, I teach as well. And uh, music has just been my passion for a long time, and I've made it my career, and I've loved the journey so far. And I picked up the saxophone at nine and loved it. And then when I hit jazz band in sixth grade, I just absolutely just spent so much time with the horn, um, just playing a 12-bar blues, honestly. And we did that like every morning at like 6.30 or something, every Wednesday or something like that. Um, And then I really wanted to do, like, I wanted to do multiple things. I wanted to be um, a musician and tour around the world. I wanted to be a WNBA player and I wanted to be a restaurant owner chef. And I thought I could do all three. (laughs) What did you learn about And then (laughs) what did I learn? Uh, Basically that you have to choose one at some point. Um, and put time and energy and focus into one. Um, well, I'll keep, you know, I still play basketball. I still shoot around um, and I cook a lot. So, you know, it's just the other ones are still passions. It's just not my career. So, I, I've, yeah, I've learned that. <laughs> Pick one and, and go for it. What advice sure. would you give to someone who's 12, 13 or older who just has that passion but doesn't know what to do with it? Uh, I, I mean, I would first, you're not alone, because um, I felt the very same way, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it, but if you still have passion for it, then there, there's a there's a niche for you somewhere, and if you want to do it, you can figure it out. That's There's a lot of people that 
that kind of look at me as a saxophonist in in the blues world and and I don't always like to bring this into it but you know kind of being a female as well there's a lot of doubt and and kind of being pushed off to the side sometimes in musical situations and I've just kind of plugged forward because I know I'm meant to be here for the people that for the for the young teenagers that you're talking about that that don't necessarily know yet that's totally cool you're still figuring stuff out but you will feel one way or another you're going to feel pulled to something at some point in your life and it may not it may be during college it may be after that it may be in your 30s or 40s um where you finally find you know your life's passion and something that you want to absolutely invest in and that's you know you just you just kind of got to keep keep going that's always my thing just trust trust in yourself trust that you have everything that you need or you will learn everything that you need to know um and a lot of it is just kind of like a sponge in that way so that you can do what you what you want to do and you have all the options available to you so with the schedule that you have going and your touring and your teaching um how do you take downtime or do you take downtime for yourself to uh, recoup and rejuvenate? What do you do for that? I tend to do something, a little something every day. Um, so I actually, I've gotten out of the habit of it the last like month because I've been working on a record and literally if I haven't been eating or sleeping, I've been working on this record or teaching or gigging. But in general, um, I actually do, I read this book, Julia Cameron called The Artist's Way. I'm, I'm sure someone has mentioned it to you, but I have read as it. part of the, yeah, there you go. See, so you already know, right? So the morning pages is something I do every day. And then uh, I also do an object write um, every morning, just picking an object and writing sense bound, um, using your five senses, senses, your in, organic and your, in, and your kinesthetic sense. And that has always been freeing for me. That's always a great way to start the day. And then I, I tend to do like 10 minutes of, at least 10 minutes of meditation. Um, but really, really what, when I feel great is when I get to hike. So when I'm out on the road and we have a morning off, but we're in the same city for two days, I'll go find a place and go hike. So I've done that multiple times. And it, it centers me back, right back, and, and rebalances everything. So welcome, everybody. I'm very excited to introduce you today to Tina Terry. Tina and I have not met before. This is our first meeting, and I'm really excited to learn about Tina. She has been in the music business, and I'm going to let you talk, her talk to you about what that means and what she's specifically done. But her take on um, resilience, I would say, and adaptability I think are particularly useful for all of us who are listening in today. So, Tina, let me just pause and ask you to give us an introduction to yourself that'll help people understand where you're coming from as we go through our questions. Thank you, Sarah, for having me here. I own a booking agency that primarily books blues music and have been in the business for 26 years. I started as a person who was a publicist, a producer, a whatever anyone would pay me for. I was a huge and still am a huge live music fan, and it was trying to align my life purpose with something that I would enjoy doing my entire life. What does your day look like? Tell me a little bit about what that means now, because that's been 
a long time ago, a couple of decades, right, when you started out doing that, quarter century at least. So that means you've stayed connected to what you've wanted to do. Yes, through adaptability and desire and perseverance, I have been lucky enough to continue that path, yes. So let's kind of back up and let me ask you a question that we have been asked to ask all of our guests. Was there a time when you were presented with a challenge or some situation that you had to change um, and handle that wasn't necessarily your choice? There's two answers to that question. The first one is I was a paralegal for 18 years. And really, as I say to people, be careful what you ask for. You may get it. I had very moral issues with that job. But I was in a space where to find something else, I would have to take a tremendous pay cut and had really reached where what I was making was what I needed. Maybe two months after having these thoughts, my managing partner informed me that the firm that I came from was buying the firm I was at. And so we sat down, had the talk about left for a reason, don't really want to backtrack. So I did. I lost my job and found myself in a position where to even stay in the field I was in, I was going to have to take a pay cut. So I took that as my chance to say, I'm going into the music business. That is where my passion has always been. That's what I'm going to do. So I was lucky through a severance package to take that hurdle believe in myself and move forward. And the second answer to that is I did move forward. I was lucky enough to be hired by a company that was at that time the best in the blues business. And the gentleman passed of cancer and he gifted me the company but failed to protect me in the will. And if you research anything about the music business, this is when you will soon find out if you have truly arrived. So that hurdle put me in a space to create my own agency and hope that everything I had done for that man for 10 years was not in vain. So what are the, your success habits that let you do that and maintain, you know, your, just your sense of self? Because I imagine you're dealing with, you're dealing with people who have, they're attached to their art and so there can be big egos involved. I'm just assuming based on what I know from other areas of work, what are some of the success habits you have or practices that has let you be successful all this quarter century? I think you have to really remember that each one is an individual. If they ask, answer. If they don't ask, don't tell. And you have to remember that even if they ask, you have to know the individual. The ego, obviously the reason, they could not do what they do if they didn't have one. But I find that most musicians, the ego comes to be because they're truly sensitive people. And so you do, you have to remind yourself that you have to rise above in the hopes they never ask. Because if they're asking, that means that you're not delivering. So that's the challenge, the challenge of, reminding them that you're here because you think they're great. And then when they're feeling like they're not and they feel like you're the reason, how to not take that personally and bring it to the reality of the moment, whether it's a cultural climate, 
or something they said in social networking or a reaction out the door after a performance. So how did you learn those things to not take it personal? I think that that lesson really didn't come until I became the agency owner. Without all the other weights on my plate, the success is the dedication to the time. And I really believe that if you dedicate your time, you will always get results. They may not come instantaneously, but they will eventually come. As the agency owner, I have all this other stuff on my plate that takes away from that time. And so it's learning that they're right in some moments because now I need to learn how to rearrange my time so that isn't affecting things or or accepting that they want my role to change because I am the agency owner. And I always thought I could just keep being me because that's what they wanted me to do. But they do. They want me to rise into that cause as the agency owner because they wouldn't be here if they didn't believe in me. It's a growth thing, right, to learn to be able to transition. A couple of last questions I wanted to ask you. Are you someone who reads or gets inspiration from other people reading books, obviously music, but is there something that you turn to like when you're just wiped out from taking care of everybody else? I have become a big YouTuber and I find whatever that is at that moment on my brain, I have some people I follow and I'm not sure that really in the end it's... um, that their advice fits what I do, but it's extremely motivating. And one of those guys is, is a gentleman, Patrick Bet David. He is a millionaire in the insurance business, and he does these great podcasts with other very successful people in, in various businesses. He drills the discipline, you know, because I'm not sure music has been my life for so long that it's my life. And in order to take care of them, I have to take care of me. And learning that art of what you do outside of your passion. And he's really awesome at zoning in on that. You know, when to stop and spend time with the family, when to walk away and go on vacation. And so I watch a lot of people that really drill these ideas of how to, as they call it, quote unquote, the life you want to live. And so, yeah, learning how, even though music's my passion, it's now my business and how to separate the two, but not lose that passion to want to go see a concert or buy a new CD. And that's my new challenge. Ever learning yourself, that's your own educational journey that you're on as well. I do want to ask you, if you were to think of yourself as a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old, and now you know all the stuff you know from having gone through changing careers, having things not go the way that they might have gone, um, and then turning out even differently, what advice would you give young Tina about life in general? Oh, the first one would be to stash cash, to truly recognize if you want the life you want to live, the only way to make that easier is is to remind yourself you have to stash cash. 
and not necessarily per se for the purpose of retirement, but just for the purpose of all that I've been through, it would have been a whole lot easier if I just stashed some cash. Um, I think the other one is, is really, 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 really getting in control the idea of a personal and professional balance. I really believe that your professional growth comes because you take care of you. And I've heard that my whole life and I never understood what it meant. And I'm not totally sure I still do. There is so much truth in that. And so learning to have that professional and personal balance is where I would have started if somebody had explained it to me. Well, welcome podcast listeners. Today, I am really excited to introduce you to Madeline Victoria. And this is actually going to kick off a month of interviews with female music artists who are doing some amazing things who will also be able to share with you their path, how they were able to handle their own challenges to be as successful as they are, why they do what they do. I'll give Madeline a short introduction. She is somebody who has already had a number one hit on the AMFM boards. She has another single that is being released. And then in addition to that, she's been a rodeo queen, a beauty pageant winner, and she also works with at-risk kids. So Madeline, welcome to the podcast, the No Labels, No Limits podcast, which it sounds like you live that philosophy. Would you be able to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Hi, of course. Of course. Thank you for that introduction. And um, well, hi guys. Uh, once again, my name is Madeline and I've been singing and, and performing, being in front of an audience since I was about five years old. So uh, I guess you could say now that uh, the nerves has, have gone away after so much experience, but uh, that's what I do for a living. Uh, it's my passion. Uh, people people are my passion in, in general and, and getting to know one another. And that's what I use through my music. I songwrite. I started songwriting. Uh, you know, I was about 13 years old. I started writing poems and lyrics, picked up the guitar, started a band when I was in high school uh, here in deep South Texas. And ever since then, I've just been pursuing that dream. Of, uh, of all my goals and aspirations, booking myself, uh, doing promotions myself, and now with a team, a, a really great team with MTS management, working together, you know, with, with goals like that in mind. And, and it's uh, nonstop for me. Every day I, I work towards it. You talked about the part you really like about touring, you know, and being out on the road. What is it about that that really sparks you? Inspiration for me on the road is, is how I, I'm able to write even my songs. You know, uh, it goes from seeing the, the scenery, you know, on the road, uh, driving. People always ask, like, where's the most inspiration you get for writing? And it's sometimes people are like, oh, my backyard or just here in my bedroom or, you know, whatever. But I'm being on the road and writing is, is where I get that. So that's one thing that I, I combine that. And meeting people, that's another thing. Uh, just meeting new people, new friends, new stories. That's one thing I love. And being with the ones you love on the road as well. It's also a family thing for me. I keep my family really close to me and I'm blessed to have that. Uh, some people don't have that. So I feel like, you know, sometimes I feel, do I deserve this? It's a, it's, it's great things. There's pros and cons, you know, to everything there's, but, but I take the pros and, and, and I really, really glad my family's there and supporting me and on the road, even they join me. And, uh, that's, that's one thing I love as well. Uh, but like going back to my songwriting and, and the inspiration that I get from being on the road is a thrill. It's, it's, it's just traveling, you know, that traveler's 
I don't know, love on the road. I, I have it in my blood. My family traveled their whole life. My dad was a truck driver for many years. Um, my, my mom's side of the family, they, they uh, were actually in the migrant business, were working the fields and, and whatnot. And they would travel all the way up from Texas to Ohio. And so that's what my mom did her whole life. And that's what I, I feel like that's just natural for me as well. It does take, uh, it does take that sacrifice, you know, to do as well. And, and to be, you know, on the road, you're not always having an eight to five job. It's something different. You're, you know, you just have to do what, what you feel is, um, in your heart. And that's exactly what I'm doing when I'm on the road and when, when I'm being inspired with my friend, with, uh, with my band. Being on the road and not having a routine or having a different routine. Exactly. And you don't have a gig coming up right away, but you're getting there or whatever. How do you maintain that flexibility and the fluidity while also really keeping focused and helping others who are with you stay focused so you don't get derailed? Oh, yes. Also, I see that as like, you know, you work on the, the big picture at that point, you know, these these gigs right now and playing live and local venues and, and different regions around you around me. Uh, that's that's part of that's part of the, you know, the big picture. And so when I'm not, you know, at gigs or you know, like you said, just, you know, coming up to one, um, let's say like it's a Monday and, and I don't have a gig till Saturday, Sunday. I actually do a lot of big picture stuff. I am, I'm actually calling venues for the, for the next week, or I'm calling venues for the next couple few months already and booking that. I am, uh, working on my one sheet as an artist. I am researching, you know, what, what I need to do next and what my next steps are and, and reading about that and, and getting it also inspired by other people. This inspiration, you know, you, you can't just, sometimes you need to muster that from, from others. And so, uh, whatever I could do to inspire, whatever, but is, is great. But I, I have a lot of many inspirations as well and people and, and the stories uh, that they have and the struggles that they've had also, you know, inspires me. So I'm looking that up in the meantime too, and, and seeing videos and hearing other people who have made their goals come true, their stories. So you have to keep yourself busy. Um, uh, definitely. And, you know, right now I am taking um, online music business classes and I, I'm, you know, focusing on that too and getting um, my knowledge in that and, and getting more confidence in that. So when I am talking to a venue and I am working and booking, I know that, you know, this is legit for me and, and I, I, it gives me that boost of confidence as well. So Madeline, can you tell us when you do come up with people who are negative or aren't necessarily supportive of you or your goals or what you're trying to accomplish, how do you handle that? Yeah, you know, in, in this industry, um, I see everyone has a perspective, like it just, it's all about perspective. And I always want to put myself in people's shoes. And, and then I can understand like, oh, you know, they're just, you know, it's, it's not that they're mad at me, or it's not that they uh, hate me, or, or, you know, it's just, they're probably having a bad day, or maybe, you know, they're, they're going through a loss, or, you know, and they can't help it, but be, but become negative. And so I just, I, that's what I under, I see from their side of whatever they're coming from. And uh, uh, it's a mind thing, you know, you really have to have a, a really good understanding of that. And and then it just, I brush it off, you know, I, I don't let it bother me. It's hard to not let things bother you. I understand that, but that's just how I've been my whole life. You know, I'm not perfect sometimes, you know, something can get to me and I, I you know, I get down due to the negative, the ne negativity around me. But for the majority of the time, you have to have a, a bulletproof mindset. And I feel like that's very important. And again, it's choosing to do this and you have to choose to, to ignore the negativity around you, the negative people, and just stay true to who you are. Honestly, I, I say it again, I say these things out loud and say, nope, that does not phase me. I am a positive person and I'm not going to let this bother me and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. 
And that has to do with anything from, from negative people to, to things I've, you know, competitions. If I lose, you know, of course, I'll, a lot of people know about all of, uh, of my achievements because that's what we list. We're never going to list all the times we lost, but we do lose more than we actually win. So it's just a mindset. Like I said, a bulletproof mindset and you just have to keep going. I love that bulletproof mindset. It's <laughs> such a visual. It's like you walking around with a bulletproof vest over your mind. Exactly. <laughs> nope, doesn't have to do with me, has to do with them. And also allowing people, just cutting them some slack and recognizing what isn't your responsibility. Yes, that's perfect. Yes. Yeah, that's very powerful. And it's easy to say and not always easy to do. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's just, it takes practice. It takes time. And you, you have to practice that over and over again. And, it, and you, again, you can't expect it to happen overnight. It's a beautiful journey. Like, you know, you see it as a beautiful journey and every day this is, this, you're working on it and you're working on it and you're going to get there eventually with whatever, you know, with that bulletproof mindset. <laughs> Tell me two things. If you were to talk to Madeline, who was just hopping up on that table with your hairbrush microphone when you were a little <laughs> kid, what <laughs> advice might you give yourself then? And then the last question I have for you is, how can people find you and, and know more about your music and what you're up to? So the hairbrush question first. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, that was, that's awesome. Yes. Um, that's actually where I first started performing, you know, on the coffee table with a hairbrush. <laughs> it's funny that you asked me this because I, I had, I just had a dream. It's so funny. I just had a dream that I was looking at myself as a little four-year-old seeing, oh, that's me. And I was holding myself and I, that is so, it's so crazy. So I would say to worry less. <laughs> Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. No matter what, no matter what, everything is going to be okay. You don't have to worry about, you know, the people around you. I do care. I, I tend to some, you know, growing up, I, I do care about what people think about me. But if I could do that less and tell myself that as like, you know, just keep on being yourself, I would, I would do that. Growing up, I will share this. I was different. You know, I, I, st I guess I stood out, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to sing in front of people. I wasn't afraid to do this. I wasn't afraid to do that. And they, they saw me as something different. So they started picking on me, you know, bullying me and whatnot. Again, I'm so thankful for my parents for being there. And I was able to express this growing up and not a lot of people have that in middle school. It was really bad at one point where they would make up the website stuff about me and, and just different things and really bullying me in front of the whole school where I couldn't eat lunch anymore with it. I had to eat lunch in the, with the teachers, you know? So it's, it's it, people probably, you know, really don't know that about me and I'm sharing this right now. So if I could go back to the younger self and tell myself, you're going to get through this, you're going to get through this and know that you don't have to worry at all anymore. That that's what I would say to my younger self. That's what I'm saying to you. Anyone else out there experiencing that you're going to get through it. I'm really excited to share another guest with you today, Mella Barnes. And Mella is a unique blend of right brain and left brain. And she'll tell you a little bit more about that. But most of us are heavily on one side or the other. And she's almost 50-50 right down the middle being balanced. So you'll come to know her and what she does and it'll make perfect sense to you. But Mella is a session singer a songwriter, and a voiceover actor, and she's living in Nashville right now. 
One thing I loved about learning about Mela is she's an animal lover, which of course I am as well. So in addition to her three dogs, she has a rabbit. And Mela, you're going to have to tell us about your rabbit and any number of foster animals. Um, Mela, would you share a little bit more about yourself and your background and then we'll dive into our conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. And um, I do want to talk about my rabbit because I love her. Um, She was actually my stepsisters and she's a long hair Angora rabbit. And so she requires a lot of time and maintenance. And that's how I came to have her was it was a lot for my stepsister to deal with. So she's mine now. And that's that's all about her. But yeah, I am a project manager and session singer at Toonly, and I feel like that career really balances my right and left brains together. What other kinds of success tips do you, you know, or habits do you have that help you have that um, focus and ability to stay engaged with your work and what you love doing? Um, So this is something that when I developed this habit a couple of years ago, and I don't know if this will apply to everyone, but I have um, panic disorder, which is sort of like anxiety, but a little bit different. And so I've learned from that, that there will be days where I cannot get as much work done as I have before. And so what I've always learned is to work as much as you can the days that you can, because if I can get an extra blog post written, or if I can put in some extra time on mixing a song or whatever I can do, that'll give me some padding for later so that if I can't do it, then I'm not super far behind. So I would say if you struggle with depression or anxiety or anything that might impede your work on your good days, do as much work as you can and then save it up. And also I would say automate things so that it just becomes something you don't have to think about for like social media posts or anything like that. Make sure that you have kind of a, just some padding, some time so that if you get too sidetracked with a difficult project, or if you just, you know, are having a difficult day, you can get stuff done with the same amount of output as before. Well, welcome podcast listeners. Today, I have a great surprise for you. We have two more musicians. We have Jackie August, and I'm going to let her introduce you to Andy. Yes, this is Andy Ramsatan from Across the Board. Thanks for having us. And Across the Board actually is the name of the band, and they are coming to you from Canada. Um, Jackie and Andy, could you tell us a little bit more about your band? you know, how you got started, but just some background on the band itself, but then also about each of you individually. Sure. Um, Well, I'll start with with about me and the history, and then Andy can tell you about himself. Um, So our band is called Across the Board. We initially started out as a garage jam, campfire, backyard jam kind of band of Um, or group, I'll say, of musicians just from our neighborhood in our life who were semi-professional or even a few kind of upper-end amateur folks who just love to jam together. 
And uh, we did this for a little while and then suddenly we had the great idea one day that we sounded so good and we should be making YouTube videos because that was all the rave and the craze back about five years ago. So um, we started a little YouTube channel and we were looking for a band name for our crazy group of multi-instrumentalist musicians from all over the place. And the only thing that really stuck was across the board because we had people aged from 13 to 65. We had, you know all nationalities and backgrounds and uh, it just seemed fitting that it was called across the board at the time so that built uh, up over the next couple of years to the point where we were we had hundreds of videos on youtube and a fan base that started to span the globe and uh, we started getting requests to have uh, you know our own music like what do you guys sound like what's your own sound because we'd been covering other musicians all of the time that kind of lit the fire under our butts and we decided that we were going to take some of the the playwriting that we were doing a little bit more seriously and that uh, created our very first album which was called Jane on Fire uh, which came out in 2016 and that was sort of the launch of across the board moving from the internet box out into the reality of the real world where we've coexisted with both sides of our, our, our sort of online and offline presence ever since. And now three albums in, uh, we're now having just released our, our third album, which is the one that we're talking about really today, Sonic Boom, and that's the one that we're touring around. Me, um, Jackie, I'm a, a multi-instrumental musician. I was classically trained a million years ago. I play a bunch of instruments. Um, I play flute, oboe, saxophone, all percussion stuff, drums. I play every little stringy thing from violin to cello to guitars. I don't play the bass. I kind of suck <laughs> at the bass. <laughs> and I'm, I guess, the, the principal singer-songwriter and the front chick of the band um and andy can tell you a bit about himself which leads to to um me being the bass player in the band because we couldn't find any other bass player to play for our, our band and yeah. um i was sort of just delegated into that position um but playing you know growing up in in the in in toronto locally and having a lot of friends and networking and what the thing to do growing up with your friends back then was you know you get together and jam music so we would go and have a jam space at wherever or we would rent a jam space and we would play and what we would do is we would all get up and switch positions after playing about 15 or 20 minutes on one instrument we'd all get up and play musical chairs and we would learn the next instrument so it was a lot of fun growing up doing that and we never got serious until it was when we started doing our original music I just think how much the world is better because there are musicians and people who love it and spend the time being great at it and not even perfect, but just who love it and it comes through in their music. So I want to thank you both for your time today and sharing on the podcast. I'm looking forward to having people get to meet you who might not know you and for those who already know you to just get another chance to hang out with you. 
So that's it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.